0: In a moment, we're going to start with our call to worship, which is where we, we look at a piece of scripture or something that helps inspire us as we start our songs. But before we do, I just want to give a little bit of a reminder and say thank you, because I just want to remember and express appreciation that after COVID, we've made some changes to the way we do our Sunday gatherings which are different to how we did them before COVID and before lockdown. So I just want to say thank you for going with me, going with the creative team, a group from within the church, so that the leaders and staff and others who are trying to guide us in what we think is right for how we gather as a as a church together. And I just want to remind us or explain for new people that this is how we are pursuing things for the moment. And this is not set in stone, but this is just the kind of pattern that we're trying to do at the moment. And so we have these times at the beacon we're trying to call simple. Sometimes... <laughs> They can feel a little bit complicated, got to say. Um, but we are endeavouring to make them simple. They are simple in one respect, is that they're a little kinder to John, Mark, and Julian, who are carrying a great deal of weight for our worship and technical support. These gatherings, with the smaller band and some of the lower tech, do just make life a little bit easier for them, which is a blessing uh, to them, I'm sure, and it's important we care for them. So we do these beacon bits. Then we have our communities weeks where we break down into our smaller communities uh, and uh, meet at different times in the week. And then we have... Our Celebration Sundays. And you see we have different intentions for the times. The Celebration is about impartation, wonder, appreciating the greatness of God and being impacted by the event and the occasion. Communities are about connection. And then these Simple Sundays are about participation. They're about a sense of being family together. Now you may note I have a blender here. Did anyone else... Notice the blender. That's because I just want to acknowledge, Guess it's our blender, yeah. What's he doing? Uh, I just want to acknowledge that part of the thinking about this approach with these different aspects to our gatherings is about diet. It's about trying to have different ingredients that go into the different aspects of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And actually, if you look at it, there is a great deal of things that we could do in our gatherings to learn about being a disciple of Jesus and learn about being part of God's family. So I just want to remind us of some ingredients of these types of gatherings. Now, I would love it if some people help me with uh, ingredients, maybe a younger one, but let's not restrict it to young people alone. So I'm going to call on somebody, Mr. Ban- uh, Mr. Banana Circum. Uh, Mr. Rog Sercombe, are you good at peeling bananas, please, sir? Come on, Rog. You got a Rog has a degree in peeling bananas. Ah, beautiful! Look how he peels that delicious, tasty banana down the edge there that is wonderful oh don't you dare don't you dare if you could break it in half please and we'll have the whole banana without the skin in my blender please this is my morning smoothie that we're recreating today so it has a bit of banana in it thank you very much Rog. that's the first part well played Rog. now our next bit Uh, is going to be our milk. Who would like to pour milk and water in here? For me, it's Anna Weber there. You have been so interested in this since you saw it at just after 9 o'clock. Can you uh, pour that in for us? So part of our ingredients for what these Sundays are, we try and make sure there's up, in, and out in these gatherings. So up is about worship and teaching, but in particular... We're trying to do foundation building in these times, that's what we're trying to do. Not loads of information, we're trying to land on a few small points that keep on reinforcing who we are and what we believe and how we live. Our next ingredient, next up, is a bit of whey protein powder to just help me bulk up a little bit. I just, just felt I needed a bit more muscle on the bone. So who would like to put in Annabelle? You look so serious and focused as you look. Would you mind tipping in our whey protein powder? There we are. You can see how it's benefited me already, right? It's it those it guns? It's working a treat. Thank you very much. So in that ingredient, we're talking about the in of these gatherings. We're trying to make sure that they are relatable, they're conversational, and they have a sense of family about them, that they were comfortable with each other as family. Lastly, can I call on someone who would like to do the last bit? Mr. Bolt. Mr. Bolt. (laughs) Heather, would you mind please getting a teaspoon for me from the kitchen? Because this is peanut butter. I like a bit of peanut butter. Now, nobody's got a nut allergy in here, have we? Nobody's got an aggressive nut allergy. They're, no, it's just there are some people, they can't even be in a room, can they? You can't even be in a room with peanuts, so I'm just going to be careful. We'll just get a spoon for you, but unless you want to just scoop it out, you can do that. Nah. You can do that if you like. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. There's no jam in it, I'm afraid. There we go. It's a delicious smoothie. So we've got a banana. We've got our protein powder. There we are. Give that bit. There you are. Scoop that there. You Get there eventually. That'll do. Now we're doing a bit more. Go there. There we go. You scoop that in. Lovely, beautiful. Thank you very. Oh, nice. All right. That's all right. It's just Sainsbury's own. It's nothing special. That last ingredient for us is our out. It's really important to us. We are trying to make sure that these gatherings can be accessible for new friends, people on our fringes, that they're supporting new believers, and that they are about how we live, about what it means to live out our faith. So that is our blender. That is our ingredients for our gatherings. Shall we be noisy for sixty seconds? Can we cope with a bit of noise? We'll cover our ears and it's a bit noisy. There we are. This is a snazzy one. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh. There we go. We have our nice combination of ingredients. Later on, I will whiz that up again and smooth it up. And if anybody would like some of my banana and peanut butter smoothie for for our time at the end of the gathering, then you'll be really, really welcome. I hope that just gives you a reminder of what we're about in these gatherings. We're about different ingredients and we're having a go at something it won't remain like this until the end of the time certainly come january come the new year we can take a good pause and take a look and say how are we doing these is it working is it right what do we need to tweak what do we need to adjust but i do want to just appeal to you and say thank you and please will you keep coming with us as we try and explore these ways ...that we think are right for our church and gatherings at this time. Does that sound okay? Are you with me? More smoothies, I promise. How about that? Alright, we're going to now start with our worship. We're going to be looking at Colossians 1 for the morning, reflecting on grace. And this is a paraphrase in the New Living Translation uh, of Colossians 1, 15-21... That letter from Paul to the Colossian church says, Jesus is the the visible image of the invisible God. In fact, will you please read it with me? Let's go from the beginning. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Jesus is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is first in everything. And through him, God made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Jesus' death on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. Amen. That is remarkable truth for us to receive and celebrate this morning. In a while we're going to have communion. We're going to have bread and wine that celebrate the fact that Jesus gave his life and his death on the cross in order that we could come near to God when once we were far away. That is our celebration piece this morning that we are appreciating. I mentioned already that we're reflecting on grace and there has been a theme of grace already in our meeting uh, today. I want to encourage us that God's grace is the engine and the driver for every expression of our faith. One of the prayers, if you didn't hear it this morning in our time of praise, Earlier was from Laura. There is no barrier to entry to our gathering this morning it 's an open invitation it 's part one of the pictures that Jesus gave as of a wedding banquet that all are invited. And so my headline this morning is grace first. And what I would say is let everything that you do and everything that you are come from security, safety, and confidence in the grace of God. I just, as I was preparing, felt it's just good to acknowledge that You know, we live our lives as disciples of Jesus. And if somebody were to ask me, well, what do you think your faith is about? What's it about? I would want to say it's about living in the ways of Jesus and trusting in the ways of Jesus. But I find that that can sometimes involve a slide that is not where it should be. Wow. It's just disappeared. Fine. I'm going to do it anyway. It involves different areas of our lives that um, and and I guess I think it can be a bit like a balancing act as we're stepping out on our faith, as we're learning about what it means to be uh, Christians, then uh, I think sometimes it can be about kind of encouragement in who we are. And other times it can be about exhortation to do something. So I guess I just I'm alert and I can sometimes be like this. I can speak on a Sunday morning or be in a group with somebody and be like, well, it's about obedience. We need to do more. We are going to celebrate our disciplines and we're gonna work really hard to get really strong. Daniel, look at you cowering there. <laughs> Daniel, you're terrified. This is wonderful. Yeah. It's about our discipline. My kids never look like that. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you like to say, yes, being a Christian is all about disciplines and growth and energy and activity and living out your faith. And that's on one side of the scale. But on the other side, I feel an urge this morning to say, let's rest in grace of who we belong to, that God is gracious, God forgives, God is loving, and we are made in His image. And I felt an urge this morning to just remind us of that. Let's just even out the scales. Sometimes we can want to enjoy the call that we see in the Bible from Paul's letters and Jesus' example and say, I want to live like that. But sometimes if we're not careful, that becomes something that we punish ourselves with suddenly that becomes a standard to live up to rather than a gift to express and today I just want to unlock some of that standard stuff or just challenge it a bit and say again we're under grace this is about a gift we receive and express Now biblically there's much that can be said about grace and it would take me an hour to say it if we were to get into uh, understanding the word and its biblical history but thankfully we are blessed to have the good people of the Bible Project and they say in five minutes what I could say in an hour and so I'm going to bless you all and you get to hear from them for five minutes rather than me for an hour. Does that sound all right? Oh, yeah. Thumbs up. I've never seen such a positive group of people. <laughs> so uh, you try to describe
1: what God is like, it could be difficult or daunting. But when the people who wrote the Bible pondered the mystery of God, they consistently describe God's character in this way. Compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger. Overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. We're going to look at the second key word in this statement, gracious. The Hebrew word is chanun which is related to the Hebrew noun chen. This word chen is often translated as grace or favor. And if you study how this word is used throughout the Bible, you find a fascinating story. One meaning of chen is delightful or favorable. In the Psalms, a skilled poet is said to have lips of chen. That is, he can craft beautiful words that bring delight. Or a dazzling piece of jewelry is an ornament of chen. It attracts attention and favor. This is why chen is often the word used to describe a gift given with delight or favor. In these cases, chen could be translated as grace. Like in the story of Esther, who approaches the king of Persia to ask that she and her people be spared from death. She calls this a request for chen. And because the king delights in Esther, he favors her and grants her wish. So giving a gift of favor is chen because it's motivated by delight. And the most extreme kind of chen is showing favor to someone who should get what they deserve, not a generous gift. Like Jacob, who cheated his brother Esau, ran away, and then after 20 years wants to come back and make things right. So he comes to Esau asking, may I find chen in your eyes? Jacob isn't asking for what is fair, but for favor. And surprisingly, that's what Esau gives him. He chooses to delight in his brother Jacob and show him grace that he doesn't deserve. Now, Chen requires a generous spirit, which people sometimes have. But in the Bible, the one who shows more Chen than anyone else is God. Like when God rescued the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and they quickly betray him by giving their allegiance to a golden idol as their God. But then, Moses steps in and asks God to consider giving a gift that they don't deserve. And God says, yes, by showing the ultimate act of chen, forgiveness and a promise to be with me. This character trait of God is so reliable that over 40 times in the book of Psalms, people cry out for God's chen when they're sick or in danger or when the Israelites are in exile. And the biblical prophets like Isaiah looked back to God's chen in the past and boldly declared that God will one day show chen to his people by delivering them and all creation from death and ruin. Now, when we turn to the authors of the New Testament, They describe God's chen with the Greek word charis, which means gracious gift. Like when we're introduced to Jesus in the Gospel of John, we're told that Jesus is God's glorious charis become human, sent into a world of people trapped in darkness and death. Because according to the Apostle Paul, we're like the living dead. God has handed humanity over to the destructive consequences of our selfish decisions. But, Paul says, God is rich in mercy, and by his charis, he's rescued us. He's talking about how Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are offered to us as a generous gift of life that is more powerful than death. And, as with any gift, all one has to do is receive it. So, now you can see why the biblical authors talk so much about this description of God's character throughout the Bible. When people are willing to own their failures and ask God for chen, he has a consistent and generous response. God gives the gift of himself, his life, and his love. And This is what it means that God is gracious.
0: There we have it. Great truth there. Isn't that amazing? The only requirement is that we acknowledge the gift. I love that. So grace, what we're talking about is a gift given without thought about whether the receiver should have the gift or deserves it. Who likes presents even when we don't deserve it? All on board with that. Me, I'm on board with that. And it's favor given when somebody doesn't deserve to have it. We've eaten a meal to mark that truth this morning. A gift that we didn't deserve. A gift that we don't deserve. Now, I mentioned Colossians 1, the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Now, if you like, you can have that in front of you. I'm going to fast forward through it this morning. But there's a lot there in which Paul in the first chapter of the letter is appreciating in the Colossian church. And in the first uh, first set of verses from verses 4 to 7... Paul is saying he appreciates certain things in the church. He appreciates their faith in Jesus. He appreciates their love for fellow believers, their hope in future grace, their understanding of God's grace, and their love in the Spirit. He's writing to them and he's saying, this is what I see in you. Then he has a prayer for them. He is uh, a hope and a prayer, a desire for them. So his prayer is that, They will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That they'll live a life worthy of their calling. That they bear fruit in their good work. And that they are strengthened. But I just want to pick up again. The risk is sometimes I think we get caught up with some of these bits well I must do that I must make sure I'm loving I must make sure that I'm uh, I've got my hope in the future that I'm understanding grace that I'm living in the spirit and yes I better bear more fruit and I better make sure I'm doing God's work I really better make sure I'm living the life worthy of my calling gosh at times that verse has been a massive gift to me and at times it has been a weight around my neck Live a life worthy of your calling. That can be a great gift and invitation. But if we're not careful, that becomes a burden, right? Here are the words then that Paul follows after those, those, uh, those words of encouragement, appreciation and the prayer. And what I'd like you to do is speak to somebody next to you or acknowledge it quietly if you'd rather be by yourself. But just take a look at this and my question to you is what truth is Paul appreciating and giving thanks for for the church now? What is he saying that he sees here that is the foundation for all that he's just described? So have a read with the people or person next to you and then just see what is in there that Paul is appreciating that goes before everything else he's said. The question was, what is Paul giving thanks for? What do you see in here that Paul is thankful for or appreciating in God? Not the things before, no. I wonder if this has been, uh, was in your list. These are what I see in those verses. I see Paul celebrating that the Father is sharing an inheritance with the church. I see that the Father has let the church live in light. The Father has rescued them from darkness. They've been transferred to a new kingdom. Jesus has purchased their freedom, and Jesus has forgiven them. I guess I just want to acknowledge in that passage, again, this sense of balance. All of this has been obtained first for the church. Out of this truth, they are then able to give a display of the kind of things that Paul is celebrating in them. The love for each other. The, the, the hope that they carry, the sense of God's spirit with them. All of that is after they have received and appreciated and lived in this truth. And so I want to remind us that yes, fruit comes and yes, works come. But the foundation of who we are and what we do as Jesus' disciples is built on his grace And his truth. I recently had a conversation with somebody about baptism. People have been inspired, Matthew, by your baptism, by your testimony. It was a great encouragement to us what you said. You're an example to us. And it was a privilege for many of us to celebrate with you uh, just two weeks ago and celebrate your baptism. I had a conversation with somebody afterwards who said... um, I just feel like maybe if I could just read my Bible a bit more and get a bit on board with my prayer life, then I too would be ready for baptism. And I had to say, no, (laughs) no. The greatest gift to receive in that baptism moment is that you will never read your Bible enough and you will never have the kind of prayer life that you think you should have. And the gift of baptism is to go in that water and come up again and celebrate that. And say, thank goodness that Jesus did all that for me. That's the grace and truth that we want to rest our whole lives on. And so in so many areas, then we can then live out that truth. A gift becomes something that is received. In a moment, we're going to be closing with a song. We're going to have time for prayer. Barb and the prayer team will be available in the room at the back to pray with you. Is this a moment to be reminded of God's gift of grace to you? That this is a gift to receive first and foremost. To recognize our own weakness, our own vulnerability. Say, yeah, I need to receive this gift. Maybe for the first time saying, I'm sorry, I need to receive this gift. There is nothing I can do to earn your love. Or maybe this is a gift to extend to others. I would like to close and finish by giving some gifts out. Who likes receiving presents? Nobody on this side. (laughs) I got some. Karina, come and get a present. I would love for you to have a present. Hazel Olford, come and get a present. I've got some gifts for you. Andy Humphreys, he's got his hand up. Cheryl, (laughs) Esther, uh, Robbie, come on up. I have got six gifts for you. What better way to give gifts, and in particular, think of gifts that multiply than with Maltesers. (laughs) Because that's one gift, isn't it? But there are many Maltesers in there. (laughs) Esther, come and join us here. Come and be with you. So actually, you receive the gift, but you can share the gift as well, can't you? So don't open them just a, you can share the gift, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can. Here we go. Here's some. Now, I'd just love for you to open these Maltesers in front of everyone. Just have an open of that, that gift. Oh, Karina, can you show what's, what else is in there? You've got a green and black chocolate in there as well. What have you got, Esther? You've got an extra chocolate in there as well. Andy, you've got an extra chocolate as well. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) So you thought you were getting one gift, which seemed all right, plenty of Maltesers. And in fact, you've got even more in your gift. You've got a gift of beautiful... Uh, green and Black's fair Trade Organic Chocolate in there as well. <laughs> Only £6 from your nearest Sainsbury's. <laughs> All right. Okay, now you can take those and later on over our tea and coffee, you can share them. Please have a seat, will you? Who else would like a gift? Ah, oh, now we're getting in there. Jan Piax, I'd love to give you a gift. And Mary Rossiter, I'd love to give you a gift too we are going to uh, receive these gifts we're carrying on with the maltesers theme come on jan and mary now we're upgrading to boxes Whoa. who thinks there's only maltesers in there Not now. do we think <laughs> open up your gifts jan oh mary open up what have you got in there it's all sealed just to confirm it's all sealed it's all sealed in there ah oh. Bags of Haribo. What have you got, Mary? Got bags loaded with Haribo as well? Here we have yet another sign. You expect one gift, but such is a plenty. You've got, oh, that's mine on the floor. No, you keep it, Mary. That is yours to share later. There's more, more and more. So, not only have you got a box of Maltesers, there's also more. Yeah, you keep that Mary, you share it over tea and coffee. There you go. Bags of Haribo. God bless you, Jan. Last one. Uh, Reuben McCutcheon. Let's go, Reuben McCutcheon. Here have we got Wow. This one is entirely empty, but I just got you up here to see what it was like. I'm <laughs> you, Does that feel pretty heavy? Yeah. Now, I think you may struggle to even get get this. You see if you can get it open. Again, it's sealed. Oh, now what's in there? A big bar of Joni's chocolate. Isn't that nice? And a whole load of Maltesers still plenty of Maltesers in there. Thanks, Reuben. You too can share that Tony's chocolate with other people and the Maltesers later on. There is enough chocolate and sweets to go round. Now what I really hope to show with that picture is just something of God's grace. That was a gift, wasn't it? That was a gift. It was deliberately chosen as something that can be Given and extended to others. But I hope that gives you just a tiny taste, excuse the pun, tiny taste of God's grace. Because it is actually just so much more bountiful and plentiful and generous than we realize. And sometimes, you know, I can wake up and I can go, oh, thank you, God, for your grace. I try and say that every morning, getting up, waking up. Thank you, God. It's a good day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for my box of Maltesers. And I think God wants to say, check inside that box of Maltesers. Take another look at that box of teasers. I have a massive gift for you. I am giving you a great gift today. Everything about what you're receiving today is a great gift from me. Amen.